0: To another episode of the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host as always, Robbie Burke, and we are brought to you by UPmentorship.com, one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. This episode's guest is Irish Strength and Conditioning Coach and Functional Medicine Practitioner Owen Lacey of the Irish Strength Institute. Now Owen was a very early mentor of mine, so it was an absolute pleasure to finally have him come on to the podcast. On this episode Owen and I discussed many many topics including Owen's background and his influences, the worst and best things that Owen is currently seen within the training profession, how Owen integrates functional medicine within his business model, Owen's top tips on possible nutritional lifestyle strategies that can improve one's overall health, how Owen deals with the constant demands on his own health and wellness from from his travelling around the world as he coaches and educates the biggest mistakes that Owen has made in his career to date and what he's learned from these experiences. And Owen also talks about the upcoming Irish Strength Institute conference on July 23rd and 24th, where Owen will be speaking alongside Dr. Eric Serrano and bodybuilding expert John Meadows. That's definitely a conference you don't want to miss out on. I also asked Owen who would he invite to dinner if he could invite anyone, and we also covered a lot more topics throughout the show. Guys, this was a really great episode with Owen, and I hope you enjoyed it. Owen oh, Lacey, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to finally have you come on to my podcast. Um, just for the listeners, on who may not be too familiar with who you are, could you just fill us in on your background?
1: Okay, so a little bit of background on myself. Uh, my name is Owen Lacey. I developed the Irish Strength Institute with John Connor and Stephen Ward uh, back in 2004. Um, I'm in the industry now. This will be my 20th year training nutrition, function medicine for people, so uh, mainly what we do in the OSI, we do strength and conditioning for athletes, uh, we also look after a lot of corporate athletes um, and quite a lot of personal training, so we have a bit of a mixture from our different facilities we've got four centres in Ireland and um, we've got one over in Portugal where we run our retreats and stuff, so we have our fingers in many different avenues so it's, yeah, it's, it's a great job
0: So basically you're telling me you're not very busy uh,
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, lo- I'd like <laughs> to say that you know one thing, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because when you talk to so many athletes and and clients trying to get them to, to manage their own stress in their own time. I think sometimes we have to eat a little bit of humble pie and take our own advice. So yeah, things are things are busier than that. I, I should let them be, but no, it's it's great.
0: It's great. Great stuff. Uh, on a question I always ask all my guests is, who has been the biggest influence on you, not only as a coach and as a um, functional medicine practitioner, but also as a person? So who who what people spring to mind when I ask that? You, you know what
1: I. I you know me a long time, Robbie. I probably would have have different uh, people. I would say at different developments of my career. Mm. At the at the moment, one person that I've been involved with for a long time and his, his influence has been there for for in a lot of different avenues. But more recently, Doctor Eric Serrano is somebody that I, I I look up to quite a lot. Not only because he's phenomenally educated, but his, his his openness to give people his time to help them out no matter who he sees no matter what country he goes to he's always open to helping anybody whether it's a personal trainer whether it's a professional athlete whether it's just a, a, a strength and conditioning coach he's, his, his ethos, his mannerisms his his uh, he just, and he's just a funny guy he doesn't take himself too seriously you ever see him on any of his podcasts he's he's nice and relaxed he's in a rocking chair most of the time and in a manner <laughs> a manners on t-shirts so he he's, he's super uh, his, his dedication to continuous education and his openness and willingness to give people his time is the second to none. So, if I turn out to be half the man he is in the industry, I'll be, I'll be, uh, be delighted.
0: Great stuff. And, and personally, who who would, you, who would you say has been a big influence? For me, um,
1: I, I walk well, to be honest with you, I, I'd say John, John Connor and Stephen Moore, the guys that were involved in the business with Together. Um, they're fantastic you know sometimes in any business venture I've unfortunately made a lot of mistakes in this this field and with John and Stephen beside us we we managed to get back on our feet and and progress all the time so having a a good team around you I think from the start has been the reason for our success so uh, I'd like to say some exceptional course I was ever on or something like that but unfortunately nobody knows what you do on a day to day basis what you do in the trenches but the coaches around you and the support they give you so I'd say John John Conn and Stephen Ward. So sorry,
0: that's not a uh, somebody that other guys may have not mentioned before. No, no, that's a great, great answer. Exactly. I mean, the, the guys that you see every day are the guys who are going to know you the best. So obviously, they're going to have a huge influence on you as a, as an individual. As as a Jim Rom uh, Jim Rom says, and Tim Ferriss has also popularized. You know, you're the you're the 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 picture of the five people you spend your most time with. So
1: yeah I, you know what I, that, that's a funny thing I say that to people all the time and unfortunately in our job we're always, we're always helping other people we're always trying to encourage people to eat better look after themselves train harder and recover better but unfortunately we need people like that around us mm. and a, a lot of coaches and a lot of trainers and I know your friends at Barry Solomon. he's a top guy absolutely top guy these people around you are doing so well for themselves and they're still willing to help people they're the people you need in your circle they're the people you need to be able to send an email to and ask a question or drop an email see how, how stuff is going so yeah you're definitely the average of five people you spend the most amount of time and so it's a decision that I, I constantly make that every time I go into any of the gyms whether it be in the city centre or here, or here in our town, that you truly you give something to the staff you, you, you interact you positively you check in how they're doing you know so you have to be around positive encouraging people all the time
0: stuff oh well, another question that, that i ask every guest that comes on and before we, we kind of we get into the main topic of the show which is uh, i definitely want to touch on your expertise about functional medicine when it comes to how you combine that with uh, personal training and strength and conditioning um, But before we get to that this question i always love asking everyone that comes on is what in your opinion are the best things and the worst things you're currently seeing within the fitness profession
1: Okay, so I'll go, I'll go straight away into, into the worst thing that I, that I see all the time. Um, this job, Robbie, as you know, it, it's, it takes years. It takes a long time to get really good at it. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people flooding the industry and, and getting in contact with athletes, and not even athletes, it's just getting in contact with clients and giving them a service that is not specific to what they need. They're not, they don't have the skills to fully assess people. They're training maybe getting a sweat going for the clients, but long-term use, this is going to cause you know, low back damage, cartilage damage in the knees, postural abnormalities, uh, functional movement issues. So, I'll be honest with you, I see a lot of people qualifying um, in the industry and getting in contact in front of a client way too early. I think there should be much more of, a, of an internship, mentorship development system for, for, for a young trainers, young coaches, where like they may work in an academy for a couple of years before they get in contact with a senior or a big team, or when they go to a big gym, maybe they start off on a tiered system before they get in front of people. I just think it's, a, it's very easy and very quick to get qualified in the industry these days. Any qualification you get is just a license to begin your journey of learning yeah. just cuz you do a 6 week or 9 week personal training course or strength and conditioning weekend that doesn't mean you're a strength and conditioning coach you yeah. know you, yeah. you need to put the years in you need to travel you need to learn from other experts learn from their mistakes and um, but yeah my, my biggest thing is i see people training people way too early with not enough experience
0: and what would you say then is the best thing you're currently seeing
1: the best thing is you know what i i, I have a client and she's involved in fashion and she tells me, it's, it's, it's fashionable in Ireland to wear training clothes. But it's actually fashionable in Ireland to be fit and healthy. Yeah. And one thing I like to see, it's becoming more fashionable, which is great. People are becoming much more conscious of the, of the food they put in their mouth rather than complaining about taking supplements or complaining about buying organic food where they used to you know, they spend 50, 60 euros on alcohol the weekend. Now they realize that they're investing in their own health. So I think the fact that nutrition, training, lifestyle modification is coming more to the forefront. I think that's a hugely positive thing. I think there's a lot of really well-intentioned coaches and trainers out there doing their utmost to help people and, and to support their athletes and clients as best they can. So I am Irish people. I've been pushing this boat, you've been pushing this boat for a very long time. Robbie. getting Irish trainers. And I'm not biased for Irish trainers, but I'm Irish, so I have to help out. Mm-hmm. But people are constantly evolving. They're constantly getting better. I, I go to the courses once a month. I'm actively studying every single day, yeah. and the more I see other trainers, the more I see them doing the same thing. Uh, I think it's infectious when you see people constantly raising the bar, constantly getting better, and that I think is a very positive thing.
0: Yeah, well, without question. Uh, and for you know, for for the listeners who may may not be too familiar with with who Owen is, I mean, the guy is just a walk in university. But well, when I was a very young coach in the field, say back six seven years ago, I was lucky enough to visit On, and he he was gracious enough to give me some of his time and. Uh, like and I I hopefully I have said this to you before, but you were a, a huge influence to in me early in my career. Um, you, you know you were, a, a, to be honest, you were a massive inspiration. Even though I know that we we haven't interacted like an awful lot over the years, but you were definitely an initial spark to the flame for me. Uh, in terms of my passion for the field, when I just met you, I was like this guy just it's like the saying, uh, "Don't take yourself so seriously, but take your passion very seriously." And I, I always felt that off of you. you were just so your passion for the industry was just was just uh, infectious, and it definitely uh, sent me on my journey. So I want to thank you for that.
1: I, know, I, I appreciate that, Robbie. That's a very nice thing to say, and you know, what I, I've met people along my journey that, that have helped me, and I think if, if, if one thing that we can all do is to just just help people out a bit more, sometimes people we'll are a bit more closed minded. Sit down, talk with someone, have a coffee, hmm. give them some insight. A good few years ago, I had the pleasure of contacting Dr. Liam Hennessy. So, And he was very willing at this time. we drove down, we sat down, we had coffee. I learned more from that guy having a two hour coffee than I have on many, many, many courses. So yeah. uh, it's a nice thing for you to say, Robbie, but I'm sure you've done the exact same thing to many more people. You know, since our conversation way back when, so it's, it's a pleasure and I'm delighted to see you doing so well.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a big credit to you. It's the same too from Mike Boyle, obviously, who you know is another mentor of mine. He, he always just says paid forward, paid forward. Because any time he's done something for me, I'm, and I always thank him, he just goes the way to thank me is just to pay it forward, like you pass it on. Yeah, so, definitely uh, agree. Yeah, definitely. So, only um. As, as I was just said before the last question, that kind of the main topic I, I want to uh, get on the, the show is uh, you you have a very very broad background in in many fields, but you've definitely developed yourself an awful lot in the area of functional medicine. So maybe just uh, in the initial question here, why have you why have you educated yourself so much in functional medicine, and, and and how have you integrated that in with your um with with your with your personal training and your strength condition with your clients and athletes.
1: Okay, so functional medicine sometimes ca- can be a bit... People may not understand the exact topic of what functional medicine mm. is. Functional medicine in a, in a nutshell is a, pe- a patient-centered approach to the management of chronic disease. Now, we don't deal necessarily with clients that are, have diseases as such, but I'm not dealing with healthy clients all the time. Yeah. So when someone comes in to me from a biomechanical standpoint, on my at structure, function, intention relationship, movement patterns, When someone comes to me from a nutrition standpoint, yes I do look at macros, yes I do look at nutrient timing, but I also look at trace minerals, vitamins, minerals, and recovery, sleep, detoxification. I think if if you start to narrow down the field of your interventions, you're doing your client and your athlete a disservice. So the reason why I started off studying functional medicine was I studied a lot with Charles Polkin as you know, and I used to teach a lot of his certification courses, but I felt that there was a disconnect with some of the material and I wanted to find out more information and that's when I found the issue for functional medicine back in 2004 and going into that I was the only guy in there that wasn't an MD but the problem with a doctor is a doctor only sees you when you're sick mm-hmm. um, and from a personal training and from a strength coach standpoint I'm seeing athletes and clients 3-4 times a week so we have much more of a, have an, an opportunity to instill eating habits, nutritional habits training, recovery, mindset, meditation into these people's lifestyles where they can actually have a, a, you can see a change straight away rather than going to a doctor once every six months or so. So functional medicine for me sort of happened from different clients coming in where I would maybe put them on a low carb diet, that didn't work, a high fat diet, that didn't work. Maybe I'd do a stool test, a hormone test and I would just constantly work with a client and the journey of getting them healthy was a, was also a journey for them, but a learning journey for me. So when you do so many stool tests and so many hormone tests, you start to really learn the, the intricate parts of of each person's physiology. You know their their detoxification pathways. But I always learn it from a case by case basis. I, I, again, I, I studied so many courses, attended so much uh, case studies and, and and internships and different practices. But I think you learn the most with the clients you have in front of you. So Individual and my approach was all based on the on the client sitting in front of me, and I felt that a lot of other interventions were too protocol-driven, too follow A, B, and C. They were too uh, too ge- too generic. Is, is probably the best way to say it.
0: Mm. And and how how do you integrate that? Like, do you in terms of your client, your personal training clients, or your athletes, do they do you do you do a certain? Um, do you do certain testing on all of them or is it just if you feel that they need a test, you'd recommend it or is it part of their sign-up package that you always run maybe one or two things just to make sure they are okay from a health standpoint? Or how do you go about that? Or, or is it a completely separate entity? Is, is it like uh, personal training and strength and conditioning are one service and functional medicine is another? Is, is that how you package it? Well,
1: how, how I package it is a little bit differently. When someone comes to see me, with, I'm, I'm the only real functional medicine uh, practitioner in the O.S.O. so mm. people only come to see me when they've gone through the training, they've gone through the the sleep uh, uh, recommendations, they've gone through the digestive support, and they're still an issue. Mm. So 80% of the people that we have will get better on, again, 80% of the information, but again, there's 20% of those people that need more investigative uh, testing. Mm -hmm. We've actually, just last week, we we linked with a um, a laboratory in Sandyford, which is great, actually, because I generally have been using Genova and Spectracell and these other labs, Abroad, but we've we've now linked with it this uh, lab in, in Saniford, Great. and with the help of Dr. Brian Walsh, which you know, and Dr. Eric Serrano, um, we put together our own our own if you want to call it blood panel, and in the blood panel we have all the liver and cholesterol markers, we've the full uh, thyroid screen, also a lot of t- uh, hormones tested in there. We've got heavy metals tested in there, and we've got the methylated gene tested. So it's a very comprehensive test. So when somebody comes to me when they've been training for maybe three or six months, or maybe somebody like yourself or if comes to me and say, I'm taking all these supplements, I'm training, but I'm still feeling tired. Mm. I'm not recovering from training. I'm not putting muscle mass on the right way. I'm not dropping body fat. We can do this complete uh, profile and see from a, from, a, from a physiology standpoint, from a biochemistry standpoint, from a detoxification to a nutrient absorption standpoint, where you currently are. Because sometimes, let's say you get a homocysteine test done from Genova. That's like 75 uh, uh, pounds. That's a lot of money to spend on a test, it doesn't give you anything but a homocysteine marker. When it comes to biochemistry, you need to see all of what's going on and how they interplay with each other and where you currently are at that standpoint. So from a functional medicine standpoint, I don't start testing people until I want to know the answers from that test. So a lot of people test just for the sake of testing. But if if you make, you can do an elimination diet quite easy, it doesn't cost anything to find out whether someone has an intolerance to a food. You can do a signs and symptoms evaluation of someone's skin, uh, nails, mouth, tongue, eyes, uh, uh, food diary, uh, a sleep uh, assessment to find out what is going on on from a functional standpoint. So testing is not always what I do, but for people that need to see results, like like athletes, they need to see blood work, they want to get it done every three or six months, I will do that for them
0: great stuff great yeah and that's kind of kind of the answer i thought you were going to give that it would be like that 20 15 20 percent of clientele whereas most people will get results with that other kind of 75 85 percent and and just off the back of that if we were just if somebody was listening in and and you know m- maybe their energy's low or there's you know they're they're a little bit they're carrying a bit a little bit overweight or whatever in terms of just tips or big rocks like what are you constantly seeing with clients? You know, probably like most things you see is you know they could <coughs> di- di- do drink a little bit, bit more water, sorting out their sleep hygiene. Like what if you were to give like just and I suppose I know and I know your sort of personality. You don't like being generally. always like to be as, as specific because it solves context. But if you were to give someone just like good big rocks tips based off your experience, what 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 would your your tips be? Okay, well you know what I do.
1: I don't like giving out protocols as such. But what I will give you is um. The, the, the six key things that we concentrate on with every client that comes in or every athlete that comes in is that everything you do, Robbie, either um, train or walk, it all depletes from your bank account, mm. your health bank account. And there's only really six things you can do to make large in your health bank account. The first one is air. Uh, second one is water. Next one is sleep. Next one is macronutrients. Next one is, is, is uh, micronutrients. And the last one will be, if you want to call it, mind body. So when we look at anybody, we look at, um, at, at those six key factors. Are they breathing correctly? Uh, uh, Patrick McKeown has a fantastic book called The Oxygen Advantage. I recommend your, your listeners read it. It's a Great fantastic stuff. book about changing someone's breathing mechanics to improve the oxygenation of the of their body. It's fantastic. Then we look at air, air quality for the clients. Are they in, in the office all the time? Are they maybe they might need an air filtration system, whatever it may be. Next we look at sleep, fixing the sleep. Sleep in Ireland is horrendous not only a guy is not having long enough sleep, but it's interrupted. They're waking up three or four times during the night, and they're never waking up refreshed. Mm -hmm. If if you ask your listeners right now, what's the percentage of their battery in their phone? They say, oh, maybe 70%, 80%. If you ask them what their own internal battery is, it's lower than that. People are more concerned with keeping their phone charged in in relation to getting themselves enough sleep. It makes no sense. And, And what happens is the minute people's stress increases, they reduce their training, they reduce their sleep and they reduce their snacks or their lunches. So, the, the, the things that are actually going to give you energy, people take away from their life the minute they get overwhelmed and stressed. They stay up late or watching television, drinking wine. They, they don't consume the lunch. They might skip lunch because they're so busy and work, And they might get up earlier, go to bed later. And again, that's going to interfere with it. And um, those last three things macronutrients. I honestly find that people deal differently with macronutrients. And again, you, you'll see research across the board. People don't do well on low carb diets for a long time. People may need a higher fat type pro- uh, diet or lower protein. So mix it around with people. Every 14 days, maybe mix up a diet. Maybe have a high day, a medium day, a low day. Try a higher fat content diet. Try, try a lower red meat diet. Whatever works for that client. But mm. assess where they currently are to see if that's going to be a roadblock. Uh, tra- trace minerals. You are at uh, Brown Water seminars. You know the intricate parts of the vitamins and minerals, the B vitamins and yeah. having the Krebs cycle, having production of ATP from a, a basic cellular level. So if someone comes to you and they're anemic or they haven't got enough Bs or iron, they, they can't expect to be full of energy. So these simple, simple things that you can assess on this diet, you can say, okay, let's get some methylated B vitamins into your diet. Let's get some vitamin D. Let's get some magnesium in. And things can turn around very, very, very fast for people.
0: And then the mind body aspect. What 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 would be in that part?
1: Yeah, the mind body. Generally, what I do is I do two main main recommendations. One, I use a, an application called a Heart Mat. Mm. It's a little plug you put into the bottom of your phone. You flip it onto your ear, and it will assess you, your heart rate and it give you what's called a coherence um, yeah, rate. So yeah. basically, what you want to do is clear your mind, do some diaphragmatic value of breathing, get yourself in more parasympathetic temp, parasympathetic dominant state, where the body's more in a rest and digest. And the impact that that has on the HPA axis is fantastic. Mm. But it only takes three minutes. So not not to go into too much of my life, but I've got three kids at home. I'm married. I'm managing gyms. I'm tra- travelling all the time. So for me, when I get home, I don't want to be answering emails. I don't want to be you know half replying to someone on a WhatsApp message because it's a second tick there. They know I've seen it. So sit in the car i'll do my three minutes of meditation before i go into the house so i'm a husband i'm a father you know i'm in there and i'm, I'm in the moment rather than bring him walk home with me so sometimes that's a, that's a fantastic little intervention you can put into your life next thing we also recommend is an application called headspace mm. and that's another very good way for people just to switch themselves off i'm not somebody that would be very good at, at teaching meditation to somebody i'm i'm Again, I'm more skilled in the office on the gym floor. But these applications can you like, give you another staff member on your team that you can help your clients to switch off, relax, you know, you know switch, switch themselves into a more of a rest and digest state. Some people are, are much more in tune with, them, with themselves from a spirit, mind, body, um, mindset. I'm not that brilliant at that, that component. That's why I use those two applications to really help me out
0: um you, you brought up uh uh or you touched on the fact you travel a lot and, and a, a question i've been meaning to ask you for a long time just again knowing who you are and your background is how how are you managing um your health i suppose with all this travel in terms of crossing uh, you know and time zones and your circadian rhythm and, and obviously the the health detriments that come with a lot of flying what what sort of uh, measures do you take there
1: you know so that that's it's really interesting to ask that question because we—I have a number of pilots that I train, um, and I have a, a lot of clients that are extremely wealthy, and they, they will travel to multiple time zones in in a in a week. Like these guys might do mm. fifty, sixty hours of flying in a week. It's it's crazy, and um, and we've we've seen their blood work. And uh, one thing that I've seen a lot in blood work that gets massively depleted is CoQ10. Yeah. Uh, so CoQ10 is something that I really strongly recommend. Next thing, I also look at water, hydration, which I know might sound simple to most people, but water with a little bit of charge in relation to Himalayan sea salt and classic mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sea salt. Um, for me, I go to, I'm working with the, the Azerbaijan Olympic wrestling team at the moment, preparing them for the Olympics. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. to and from there every two weeks um, and sometimes every 10 days. So that's a huge amount of travel. But for me, what I try and do is, is sleep. And There's a lot of research to say that you should have sleep hygiene. You should go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every morning. That's not realistic for a lot of people to travel. So getting as much sleep as you can when you can, I think, is the most important. I don't like naps going over an hour because people wake up a bit too groggy. Mm -hmm. But again, getting regular sleeps, as naps during the day, increasing your sleep when you can. Also, from a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint, uh, they would... uh, give you an indication that red meat is quite a yang meat is quite, uh wakes you up where white meat might be more yin, much more relaxing. So I try to, when I go to different countries, try to only have red meat towards the, the night time or the p.m. or whatever country I'm in, and then if I'm trying to wake up in that morning, I might have more white meat and, stu- and stuff like that. And mm. um, Also, uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Darby from Darby Training Systems in Canada, mm-hmm. he he did a lot of work with the Toronto uh, SWAT team. Um, And one thing that they found, it was from Professor uh, Gil Martin, his name was, Gil Martin. And what he showed is when people are heavily stressed from travel or from work or what he called the hypervigilance model, is that when you've been traveling you land, you have to go to a business or go to a presentation or go to work. If you can train for maybe 20 minutes and get your heart rate to above 65% of your training heart rate zone, it is fantastic for resetting or helping your hpa axis or helping your circadian rhythm get into a more of a, a cycle in relation to the country that you're in so it's really good for settling down your hormone getting into more of a, a homeostatic or, or balancing your your allostatic load so training getting your heart rate above 65 percent um, of your training heart rate zone is a great way to if you want to call it quickly acclimatize hormonally to the location that you're
0: in, and is that as soon as you or as soon as you can when you get to that that country, or is that like at the morning time or the evening time, or
1: I do it every single time I get to the country. That might need me doing a bit of animal flow, which is the training system we do in the hotel room. Yeah, and yeah. it might mean me having breakfast and going to the training ground, doing a twenty minute or or, or or an hour training session if I have the energy before I start walking and do another workout later on that day. But I want to get myself in tune with that country as quick as I can and there is quite a lot of research in relation to what they call forest bathing or sudoku in in Japanese they call it where you get outside, get your feet onto the ground, hurt yourself and get some uh, natural light into your body as soon as you can for 20 minutes in the morning so what I try and do is get my feet on the grass if I can get out into the light as soon as you can so it helps the, the penile gland in relation to your melatonin mm. and get your, your cycle your circadian rhythm more in tune to the country you're in you know
0: good stuff good stuff So it's just just good to know that I, I, I'm doing pretty similar stuff and I, I found it makes a big difference Anytime we I travel to the states and all I get the feet into the grass and get the blue light in at certain aspects and ex- yeah, ex- exercising
1: and you know you can change the spectrum of writing your computer and stuff like that but, but there is one thing that I do and I, I'm always conscious of giving recommendations that are not feasible for, 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 for everybody
2: absolutely
1: uh, yeah. I, 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 do, I do sometimes do intravenous vitamin therapy when I come home I've got a, a client of mine Dr. Peter Prendergast he does IVs in his Revive Clinic in Dundrum so if I've done like last year I went to New Zealand for one day there and back I was only in the country for like 18, 19 hours and then came wow. back I was I was messed up, but yeah. I had, I had to do it. So when I came back, I contacted Peter, and you know I got an IV, got myself a bit because I had to land and go straight to work. Yeah. So stuff like that, it's not like people say, oh IVs aren't realistic. Being on a plane to New Zealand in the back and, and, and for one day isn't realistic. People walk crazy hours during the week. That isn't realistic. Yeah. Sometimes unrealistic expectations or work demands may need unrealistic like nutritional interventions, which IV vitamin therapy is.
0: Great stuff, yeah, really, really great stuff. And again, I, I fully appreciate you don't like giving out just, just uh, you know, recommendations without context. So I really appreciate that. So uh, just for the listeners, I, you know, I always remember that there's, there has to be context taken into every situation. Definitely. definitely. Um, on, uh, so you, we just spoke about your health there with travel I, I know, you, 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 uh, you, you know you love to train You take your training very seriously How, how have you managed your training now with, with all this excessive load In terms of a family and kids and the travels What, what have you been doing from a training aspect? So one thing that I, I, we
1: constantly try and do in the OSO US, People used to say to me Oh, you're only Olympic lifting Well, yeah, we do Olympic lifting You're power lifting. Yeah, we do power lifting bodybuilding training yeah we do I try to mix it up constantly I'm not at the moment I, I, I'm not competing in anything really I do a bit of uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu which I find really mm. really good for the mind and really good for the mindfulness because once you're on the mat rolling with, with somebody else your mind is there it's not worrying about anything else so what I like to do is I like to mix things up I, I, currently I'm doing quite a lot of animal flow I hand balance balancing stuff I do a lot of ring training and I still do Olympic lifting I do Olympic lifting twice a week and Integrating into that, I might do some two phases where I might do more Olympic lifting and, and composition training, and then next month I might do more powerlifting and you know stability control training. I think once you fix yourself with one modality of training, you, you, you may have injuries and instabilities and offset and cause imbalances in the body. Because I'm not competing in powerlifting or Olympic lifting, I don't have that narrow area where I have to focus on those three lifts or two lifts, where the case may be, mm. so once you enjoy training, once you're improving, once you're keeping yourself injury free, with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu it allows me to compete, you know, and get a little bit of a competition going and drive for training, and um, I have some great training partners, I'm lucky enough that we train quite a lot of the SBG guys, so we get to train with some really high level uh, grapplers and BJJ guys, from a training point of view, I just try to keep, and I always, I'm always, i always changing it, I'm always trying out new team, trying out new stability stuff. Dr. Serrano's got some crazy t- takes on exercises from, from a movement standpoint. Mm. We see guys that are super strong deadlifters, super strong on the bench press, but you ask them to do any sort of scaffold retraction or stability or, or external rotation walk from the shoulder, not necessarily from the hand, but maybe from the shoulder, like centrate the joint, and they can't do it. Mm. So I think it's important to keep stability, control, positioning, posture, that's the
0: that sort of stuff we concentrate on We mix it up all the time <coughs> Great stuff, great stuff uh, Just switching gears a little bit So you know we kind of talked about function medicine We spoke about your health and your training Maybe just uh, we'll touch a little bit on now To actual strength training Or personal training and strength and conditioning in itself it, you know, If I was to say to you what, what is what what is your training philosophy, or what are the training principles that drive your training process when it comes to training clients? Because you you know you're you're not just a, a functional medicine guy. You know a, a, at your heart, at your core you were you were very much a, a strength and conditioning coach, and um, and you still train a lot of people as you said. You're involved with the Azerbaijan wrestling team. So when it comes to the training process, on how, how would you summarize your philosophy when it comes to training? Oh, well, so when
1: it comes to training, I'm very much and um, we have a principle in the gym is called the GTI principle. We have a goal for every client or every athlete, we test them according to their goal, and then once we have the information or the intelligence from the test, then we put a program in place. Hmm. So let's say for example, if you have a client come to you that's maybe, it's, he's a pilot, he's gonna be sitting for a long time. So our initial approach to training would be to offset the posture imbalance balance caused for prolonged sitting. Do I care to you can bench press them, deadlift the world? No, I try to get him functional, I try to get him moving, I try to get him in control of his joints, I try to get his posture corrected in conjunction with, maybe he's looking to lose some body fat, maybe he's looking to put on some muscle mass. Mm. But our key thing is to improve the function of the joints in the body, improve the, the balance between right side, left side, length, tension, relationship and control. And only when people are, are proficient at those movements do we start to maybe load them a bit harder. Um, so my main approach when people come is to basically offset any injuries, imbalances or postural concerns, get them aware of the body. Sometimes people, do not have the ability, we have a physio here, Shea Caffrey, and Sue McGill has a great quote saying, uh, people that have gluteal amnesia, they can't turn their glutes on at all, and he finds that a lot of the people that come, they don't have the motor control, they don't have the activation of their core, so these are things that we drill for people, maybe for the first two or three weeks, and as they come along, as they progress with control of their body, as they progress with their flexibility and their posture, then we start to load them accordingly, um, I'm a big fan of bigger movements I love I love chins shoulder presses, bench I don't, I'm not a huge bench fan but I'd rather shoulder press and bench someone for, for body composition um, and for health I love squatting if people desire to squat if people have that range of motion to squat and um, we're big l- split squats lunge fans I don't like putting people on too many machines uh, to be honest I like to get them up and moving um, but chi- machines have their place yeah, um, in relation to their goal but I'd like to have people injury free healthy Get, get a good bit of tension on the body. Tension for tendon strength, tension for ligament strength, tension for uh, bone support um, and, and mineral density. Putting on a bit of muscle mass is always a good thing, but a lot of things have to be in place for muscle mass to come on board. But if you can get your clients stable, in good posture, flexible enough to do a lot of different exercises. In one month, we can get people flexible, in good posture, good range of motion, good, good balance all over the body. You have a much more wide variety of exercises that you can pick. Our clients that are on machines, they're on machines because they want a variety. They're not on machines because they have to be on machines. Mm. So that's that's the difference. A lot of people go in, they go up and down, left and right, round and round. That sort of movement doesn't happen naturally in the body. We want to have the body do whatever we need it to do, and then we can fatigue different areas on, on machines if we need for for bodybuilding or for fatigue or body composition. You know.
0: Uh, have you looked, uh, you, you just made me come up with a, just a, a side question here. Have you looked much at research and say, you know, uh, movement veritability and uh, sort of like brain health and brain function? You know, I know a lot of stuff about crossing the midline. And as you were talking about earlier on there, you're doing a lot of animal flow stuff or movement flow stuff. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of research that, you know, the more diverse you can get these movements, just even from a, a brain aging prevention standpoint, like, with you know, brain degrade or was it brain... Herself, fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe have you have you looked into any of that on? Yeah, if you that's, have. What, that's, that's
1: something that really interests me. And, and Mike Fitch, the developer of uh, Animal Flow, he, he again he had a lot of research that we went through when I was over there with him. Amazing. And the funny thing is, like, Rob, you have guys on the floor there doing Animal Flow. And I say to them, okay, they might be in a, let's say, what's called a crab position. Mm. And I say, left leg under switch, They look at me like going, which is my left leg? Yeah, I really have yeah. to put a, <laughs> when you're in a position and the body is, hasn't been in that position before and you ask them to do movements and control, it, it, it starts to challenge the neuroplasticity of the body and that again increased the, the brain derived the trophic factor which which you see there. Mm. There's, a, there's a fantastic book called uh, SMART and what they did was they exercised all these kids that had attention deficit disorder or a learning disability and if they exercised 14 in the morning boosted the brain, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor. they perform better in, in actual in, in school. So challenging that clients, no matter what age they are, to do cross-body movements, you know, moving on the floor, to switching over, it really does get them in more control of their body. And a lot of people will say, oh, you need to walk in the external rotators of your shoulder and they, they do this external rotation movement, but what about fixing the hand on the ground and doing an external rotation around the hand, mm. changing the movement? People are unaware of how to control their scapula, how to not control their core in, in, a, in an unstable surface, an unstable movement. So doing the animal flow stuff for us is, is fantastic, you know, because it trains our clients in a different movement pattern, it challenges the brain, the coordination, and, and, and there's a lot of research on crawling movement uh, leaking the body, and in relation to uh, having that core switch on, nice and early, having those glutes do the job that they should do.
0: Yeah, I, I did some courses with the with the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization people from Prague, and you know they would show a lot of research correlating to that. You know that the the the, the newer developmental patterns of you know breathing, rolling, um, creep, you know crawling, quadruped, yeah. and, you know that that the that they're fundamental triggers for that deep stabilization system to to be kicked on and 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 to be functioning optimally. So yeah,
1: yeah and, and we just we had a well uh, my, my daughter she's two now and i have two daughters one, one's 12 and one's two and we got all these presents when we, we had ruby and you, you see those i don't know what they're called walker you put the kid in they yeah. just move their toes. well that that lasted about 10 seconds in my house and it's been <laughs> kids shouldn't be moving around on their toes without the control so i, I let her crawl with a little baby harness and sled that she pulled and i'm joking but well, <laughs> we, 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 that sort of stuff will interfere. So, crawling movement is fantastic for neural development. And people can crawl and can tumble because they don't do it on a regular basis. I'm not saying you should be tumbling around the floor, but challenge your body constantly. It's one of the principles of training, reversibility. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm it's it, and it's funny too you said about the guys when you say left leg or whatever and, and they look at you which is my left cuz from from my um perspective like I, I deal a lot more as you know with uh, doing strength and conditioning with teams particularly j a teams and i see it all the time like when I, when i get into any sort of skipping drills you know so if we're doing any linear skipping or lateral or crossover skips and you know, it's uh, their They 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 give me the Frankenstein skip, the same arm, same leg. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I I always I always have to regress it, but you know, you start from slow. Like first of all, you know, try you know, march on spot now, off arm skip on spot now. Let's try skip forward. You know, yeah, so it's yeah. uh, it's very we, very funny. We
1: have the guys doing doing a like a assessment, the five double barrel jumps. Uh, okay, two feet land, guys. Then at the next jump, and they're, they're jumping like horses. You know, it's just like it's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: great stuff. Um, just a few more things on. Uh, one thing I wanted to get you to just to touch on for the listeners, and this is probably like I, I as I said earlier on, like you, you probably didn't realise the influence you had on me, but I I never forget one one thing you you said to me uh, one time it was about program design, and and this and even to this day, and I I'm currently teaching in a personal training college over in Black Rock and uh, it, it was about you were saying with, with program design that you know you should be as specific as possible like you know like when you're writing down an exercise you were like you know like a chin up it's you know if you write down chin up I don't know what that means like chin up supinated grip what's the rest periods what's the sets what's the rest where's your rep bracket where's your tempo and all this type of stuff so uh, can you maybe just touch on that because it's funny because I, 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 for my students just for I let you answer my students would come up with their programs and it would say bench press and I'm just like so do you want me to lie down on the ground and bench the bench because that's what that basically says and then they start, yeah. they start laughing and I'm like is it a barbell bench press is it an incline is it flat is it with dumbbells what grip are we using so uh, m- maybe just touch into some of the uh, areas you might see with program design from coaches it's funny you mentioned that
1: because a few people have been you know, giving me not giving me shit over that, but they said same your own. Would your program say so much stuff? They don't have to say so much stuff. But let's say for example, Robbie, you went to the doctor, and you were sick, and he wrote a prescription for you, and you went to that the chemist, and on that piece of paper it said drugs. <laughs> the, the, the chemist wouldn't know what to give you. But if you wrote a program, it's called excellence prescription for a reason. Yeah. You wrote down a program. That program is causing a stress to that client or athlete's body. In, in, and the goal of that program is to cause enough stress to that person's body so that body homeostasis goes off balance, you have an adaptation and you have a response. But if your program says do 10 chin ups, there's no tempo, there's no rest interval, there's no grip, there's no width distance, there's no diameter of the grip, the body doesn't, and, and it constantly changes, the mm. body won't have a systematic, constant stress about that stimulus in order for a constant adaptation. So if you're going to do a squat is it a high bar squat or is it a low bar squat is it heels up or is it heels down mm-hmm. is it a box squat is it a jumping squat is it a one and a quarter squat so having a specific question requires a specific answer and I go back to the principles of training and I constantly say this to trainers that come out and they've never heard of it what's the said principle specific uh, like adaptations to impose demands, demands. Yeah. so if you're asking four or five questions don't expect one answer mm. so if you go into the gym go into the gym for a reason I know across the guys, it might get different components of the energy systems and different movement patterns and that's fine because their question they're asking them is get better across it. Mm. but if you go to an exercise your repetitions your tempo your exercise series how you name the exercise the sequence of exercises it all should have a certain stimulus to the body in in order for a specific response so uh, people might give out and say well a wide grip pull up is substantially different than a semi-supinated close-grip chin-up, and I could do much more of one chin in comparison to the other. So when you're training an athlete and training anybody, in order for you to have a correct periodization model and to constantly assess the, the success of your program, you need to have standard variables in your program exactly. that you can be reproduced. Really exactly.
0: You know? It's funny. It's funny you mention that because I was just reading. I was reading um, material there in a, in an exercise physiology book. Um, by uh, Duncan McDougall and uh, Dipsy, oh, what's the name? Duncan McDougall and There's a Dipsy sale. I'm reading that book at the moment, but they said something very similar that you, know, you need to have these standard variables to know what's working and what's not working. Whereas if you just have everything chop up and change, you, you don't know what, what you actually got the benefit from in training. And then I read another article in by Louis Simmons there lately, and he said was saying the same thing. So. And this is the
1: thing all I have to do, with, I have to do reports on all the athletes in Azerbaijan. So the performance director says to me, oh, What's the skin? I, know, I don't like using body fat because I don't think there's any good body fat equation out there. Yeah, by yeah me, me too. So yeah. I, I use millimeters. So she said to me, I want the ranking order of all the guys in the millimeters. So I use the same calipers, we do the same time of the day, we do the same order. It's always me that does the skin fold. We also do a, a, a jump mat test. So if I was to do a static jump in relation to a counter-moving jump, Mm. I would hope the counter-moving jump is higher for all the athletes. But maybe one day I didn't do the test and somebody else did and they allowed them to drop down and jump up for the the static jump. The the readings are going to be wrong. The same way if I go to your gym and I do a a squat and maybe I I don't have to go all the way down when I do it with you, but I have to go all the way down when I do it here, it's going to be different. So you can't, and I say to people, you've only got one arse, you can't sit on two horses make a decision sit on the horse do the exercise you're trying to do and then in time change it but we change the very was too often it's too much of a mixed stimulus to the body and the body doesn't know what you're asking to do so I use my analogy of my wife all the time I ask her a question she gives me a story <laughs> ask, the, ask the body a clear question and get a clear answer you know
0: so, I, I remember, I remember yeah, 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 I've remember. heard you say that a few times in different talks it, <laughs> yeah. always, it always gets a good laugh from everyone <laughs> great <laughs> uh, just uh, on, um, before I I'll ask you the last two or three questions just w- with the Irish Strength Institute um, I heard you say in a previous podcast like, you actually originally set it up as a continuing education uh, organisation and obviously now it's, it's branched into personal training and, yeah. and strength and conditioning and, and, and obviously uh, you're doing great work with uh, SPG so for the listeners the guys do great work with John Kavanagh who for any MMA fans knows he's one of the top MMA coach in the world coaches Conor McGregor and uh, Gunnar Nelson um, but uh, can you just speak about the, the education proponent of the I, or education department if you like of the ISI and, and maybe just speak about what sort of courses you guys run and, and sort of the events you bring over and maybe speak about the conference coming up in July with Eric and John Meadows.
1: Yeah, so initially what happened was I, I was I was lucky enough to start this job relatively early. So I got to a, a relatively high position in a gym at a very young age and realised that working as a manager of a gym isn't what I wanted to do. So I wanted to constantly do some education. So what I did was, at that stage, I think Paul Check was quite big. It was back in maybe uh, I don't know what year it was now. and we, Myself and John Connor uh, we brought all the Paul Cech stuff over we started trying to staff up on that stuff. And then I decided working in the gym wasn't for me because I, w- I couldn't be as individual as I would have liked. And so I left the gym.
2: Mm.
1: went off and set up my own little gym. And then myself and John kept in contact. And what we decided to do there was, John had been over with Charles and I brought him over. So we decided to, to come together and to bring other experts over to the country and try and raise the standard of our own skill set but also coaches in Ireland and at that point I was in college studying physical therapy just because I wanted to understand the body better mm-hmm. so the company evolved from there we started bringing Jose Antonio over we brought Brian Walsh over we had Kane Kinnacken over we had, we've had so many people over it's, it, it's been crazy and that's initially how the, the, the Irish Strength Institute started, is to bring other experts to Ireland to raise the standard of not only us, myself and John and Stephen, but everybody. Mm. Um, and then the more information we learned, the more that we realized that being in, in a gym like we were in, me and my own private gym, John in, 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 in Westwood, that we, we couldn't do all this new stuff that we learned. And that's when we actually opened our, our gym down together, which you've been down to in in, uh, in Chondra. Mm-hmm. That's initially how that happened. Um, but the main part of the Irish strength Institute when it comes to education is I oh, constantly want to upskill not only myself but also all the guys involved and, and the Irish strength Institute isn't Owen Lacey's gym, it isn't Stephen Ward or John Connor's gym it's, 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 it's a community, it's a team so our job is to constantly get the staff better and, and hopefully raise the standard in, in Ireland so we, we constantly bring people over so in, on July 22 and 24th we have Dr. Eric Serrano coming over and, and John Meadows mm. to do a uh, two day uh, symposium, and then on the, on the 25th, we're going to have a full day of practice just with John Meadows. So, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll be completely selfish, I run these symposiums for myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them. I, I get to drill these guys for questions. We lay in all the new research, we kick back, we relax, we meet trainers from all over the world coming to attend. I love it, you know, engaging with people and seeing what other people are doing, chat to people, you know, it, it's fantastic. Um, also, a few years back, um, I, I know you were at a few events, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Uh, we're going to we're going to run another event with them, and uh, in September 22. and we've got we've got five PhD uh, doctors coming over to present. So I'm not I'm going to present this year. So we have Jose Antonio, and um, he's going to teach on the low down and high protein diets. We've uh, uh, Rob uh, Worldman, he's going to speak on size and performance for effective, uh, for, via effective nutrient timing. We've uh, Dr. Sean Albert, he's going to teach on physique versus sports nutrition. We've Dr. Uh, Darren Willoughby, he's going to talk on sports supplementation for mass and strength. And then Dr. Ian Jeffries on the difference, um, the, difference the difference maker, the five mindsets of uh, develop a great coach. So again, we do it for ourselves. We also do it for other Irish coaches just to raise the standard
0: across the game. So, uh, it's funny you said you do for selfish reasons because that's exactly why I started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not blame you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I always say it to everyone because, uh, like, uh, and um, you know, the example I use is, you know, like this. This is like, uh I've got 94 episodes as of as of this recording right now, and uh, so I started back in 2011, my very first episode, and people were always like, you know, why did you start it, and I was like, I always just give the analogy of Paul Check, and like, an hour with Paul Check one-on-one, is going to be $500, but as soon as I said it's a podcast, it was for free then, so I was like, you know, yeah, I can benefit, everyone can benefit, so, uh, and actually, I have Paul booked in for next month, so I'm looking forward to having him back on too, but, uh, Uh, he's he's another
1: phenomenal guy, like, I was blessed. Be invited to speak at the Swiss Convention last year. Hmm. which For me, was a, it was a huge career highlight for me. Absolutely. My first, yeah, when I spoke with um, uh, William Kramer and Stephen Fleck at, at the very first IWA convention, that was a huge highlight. And I remember getting the the Swiss videos, the Swiss videos on VHS. Most of your listeners probably don't remember what VHS is, but I remember watching them on that, and then to be invited, but. I met Paul there, and I met him at the Canfield Pro. He's he's an exceptional guy, there's so many really good, influential, you know, encouraging guys in the industry. So you're doing a great job, Rob. 94 episodes is a huge achievement for you. So well done, brilliant
0: stuff. Thanks, man. And I'm I'm uh. I'm trying to update my skills with the audio and uh, my audio is a little bit crackly but I'm going to be getting more like a new equipment microphone and stuff so because everyone keeps telling me the episodes are great but the audio just needs to be a little bit better and I need to upskill myself there so just for any listeners I'm working on it I'm working on it constant
1: evolution that's Uh, that's exactly
0: it constantly improve the Kaizen principle there you go Um, just wrapping up on it if I was to say to you uh you have. Uh, we're going to book a, a restaurant, and uh, we've got five places at the dinner table. Who are the five people, dead or alive, that you would invite? Oh. That that hey. usually gets that response.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, am I paying?
0: Uh, no no it's <laughs> a, it, it's you know it's all it's all paid for it's oh, all paid I'm joking, for. I'm joking, so to lead the
1: whole. Uh, so what I do with a deafened voice Doctor that Eric Serrano. Cool. He, he would keep the table laughing and informed and fantastic. Um, I started working with um, uh, Ender McNulty uh, nearly two years ago now. Oh, yes, the fella yes. is, is fantastic. I, I can't speak higher than he's, he's a great guy. Every time we, we have any conversation or engage, I'm actually, he's away at the moment, but we'll meet up when he gets back to do a project together. He's fantastic. So i definitely invite Ender. Time, but he has the ability to make and people say this all the time to make very boring topics interesting. But not only is biochemistry boring, but it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's it's, just, it, it's, it's not a very interesting topic to constantly talk about and explain the way he does. I think it's fantastic. I definitely, definitely invite him. Who else would I bring? Um, uh. Kevin, Darby, Kevin Darby has been a huge influence on my career, mm. mainly from a from a teaching standpoint. I think I'm I think I'm good at my job. I'm a good trainer. I'm a good nutritionist. I get I get things across to people. But when I present, um, he would constantly give me feedback about how I can improve my skill set. And when you're speaking to Canadians, sometimes you may need to speak slow because us Irish people, probably, we tend to talk quite fast. Absolutely. So, so getting feedback from him from a presentation standpoint. From a communication standpoint, he's got a, a master in adult education, but also he's phenomenally educated from, from a, a fitness and, and also developing people's business. So I definitely uh, bring him, again, him along. Um, uh, Barry Solon. Barry Solon, again, I know he's a colleague of yours. I, I, I have so much respect for Barry Solon. I was lucky enough to do work with him for a while before he moved off to, to uh, bigger and better things. But Barry's a very humble guy, very educated guy. Um, and I think he, again, for as a role model for a lot of young uh, coaches out there, he would be fantastic, you know. And he, a lot of people can learn a lot from him. And I know he constantly learn from everybody every time I meet with him. So he he'd be a great guy. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna leave the last person empty because I'd have to mull over a bit more before I bought somebody else. You think it should should, should throw a woman in there? Because I I don't I I know loads are very 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 good. Uh, coaches that we could bring along, um, but
0: off the top of the head, I can't. I can't think. No, in fairness, in fairness, you, you did pretty good there, today because that's a tough question when it's when it's given to you off the cuff. So you did pretty good there. By the way, you're, you're already at five people when you mentioned Barry. So yeah. Play. You have Eric, you have Eric Serrano and the McNulty, Brian Wallace, Kevin Darby and Barry and I, I'd say if Eric's funny, Barry's a good bit of crack too, so you'd have a lot of crack at he's, that table.
1: He's, he's great crack, yeah. great
0: crack. Okay, just wrapping up here uh, on um if I was to ask you what have been the biggest mistakes and lessons you've learned from those mistakes in your career to date. Uh, my
1: my biggest mistake I would say was was narrowing not narrowing my field of, of study. Mm. Um, what, what, and what what I'm what I mean by that is Sometimes no, not sometimes, all the time, every course I've ever attended, the person standing on the podium, the person on the computer, the people that write the books, these guys are, are in a different, a complete different environment than I'm in. When I have a client sitting in front of me and I'm assessing them, I'm not assessing the same clients that are in other people's offices. So in the past, I had I, I tended to take on board other, other interventions that other coaches and other nutritionists did and I didn't modify them to suit the person in front of me find that I think trainers should realize that every course you go to please take from it what you will experiment with it change it do it on yourself do it on a few clients that are willing to do it, but don't follow anybody's system as the, as, the, as the Bible you know make up your own system study constantly evolve yourself and come up with your own intervention for that client but please don't say okay I'm going to study with this one person and that's the system we're going to follow open your mind to everything you know and I unfortunately when I was young I was eager to learn it as much as I could, but I possibly didn't expand my my um, areas of where I was learning that information from.
0: Great, great answer. I know this next one's gonna be tough for you because you are the ultimate bookworm. Like I, I think I'm an ultimate bookworm. I've I've about I'd say maybe I probably want about eight, nine hundred solid books, and I probably have about five thousand like electronic ones. But you're probably about. A, a hundred thousand books. <laughs> yeah. So when, when it comes to when it comes to this question, I I uh, I'll um I understand if, if you might be able to to get every recommendation. But if I was to ask you, what would be your top recommendations? And not only books, but any resource now. So books, courses, seminars. You know, for all the people listening, coaches or even non-coaches. What what would be your your top resources? And if you want to maybe break it down. If it makes it easier, you might break it down into like a training book, nutrition book, a life book, a business book, uh, if you want to break it down that way, or a course or a resource.
1: Okay, well, um, so again, this is for trainers and coaches. Yeah. So what I would say is I always like to have a few different um, areas of study. I use an Audible account. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I think an Audible account is fantastic, and what I do is I listen to the books times two. I, I, at the moment, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do it 2.5. So when I'm in the airport, I'm flying, I can get through a book pretty fast. So Jenny mm. will go through at least minimum, minimum target of a book a week. That's the minimum target that I get through. Uh, when it comes to books that I listen to, um, I tend to try to focus mainly on nutrition books or uh, mind-body books on, on my Audible account. Books that I think are... are, are is that a really tough question? What I'll do is I'll, I'll loop around and I'll come back to the exact book that I recommend. The next thing I do is I'll, I think it's good for trainers to have an online course going all the time. Yeah. So an online course, and I, I, you did it too, the Metabolic Fitness Pro.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have Brian's one, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, thought that was fantastic. I thought that was really, really, really good. And um, so that is a really good book when it comes to a really good course when it comes to getting a basic level of. Uh, understanding of biochemistry for trainers that may not have done it. That's the metabolicfitnesspro.com. His fat
0: his fat is not your fault, which you've done too. is an excellent introduction as well.
1: Yeah, it is really good. I know he's going to develop that into the level 2 and level 3 of of his course. So that's really good. Um, when it comes to actual live seminars, I've honestly found that there's no real live seminar uh, as in you go to that has everything in it. I, I, at the moment, I've been enjoying much more like Symposiums, bigger events. There's a big event in New York. It's called the Integrated Healthcare Symposium. Wow. Um, it's generally on functional generally medicine, um, and that's really good. The only other one that would meet the same level of that is the annual uh, American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, or A4M, in Las Vegas. I went to that in December. Mm. Um, and that was that was a lot of different people talking on a lot of different topics, so you could sort of tick a lot of boxes when it came to that. Brilliant. Um, and then the next thing I would do is I know this is going off topic but the yeah. audible accounts having an online course to do attending a big symposium at least every three months I think is very important and then exactly what you're doing right now is to contact someone maybe that you admire maybe that, that, that's an expert in the field that you want to improve your skill set and book an hour with them no matter what country they're in you can schedule a time to sit down for an hour and, and chat to them so there is an area where it be flexibility or whether it be control or stability or or, or or Olympic lifting, powerlifting, detox, thyroid balancing, hormone testing. Find out the best people. Read their books. Look look at any information they have online, and then contact them, and yeah. then do a, a consultation with them online, and you get tons of information. Um. One book that I did read recently that I I don't know whether you you might you I'm sure you've seen it. It's called the Triphasic Training.
0: Yeah, by Cal Deeds.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really good. I just finished that, like you know. I enjoyed
0: that. Yeah, I enjoyed that book too.
1: I, I I started it a while ago and then I I again I I went off there. I just finished it there two, two or three days ago. Um, and I I understand the system. It's quite a big book, and he put a lot of work into it His links and videos. I think there's a lot of time put into it. That was really good, like you know. So from a training standpoint, that's that's relatively new well not new it's just different different scope I mm, think it's good for mm. trainers to see that um, from a nutrition standpoint um, there's a, a really good book uh, the textbook of functional medicine is something that I think it should be in everybody's arson it's a go to uh, reference book yeah, yeah. which is fantastic um, uh, other than that I, I, I wouldn't be able to narrow down any one book you yeah.
0: know if, uh, if, if, if if that's all then that's a f- absolutely fantastic that's probably one of the most detailed answers I ever got but it, I'll, I'll ask this and if you can't answer that i completely understand what would be the one book though you would give everyone like what what's even if it probably be, it'd probably be a mindset type book but if, if you had to leave that one book you say listen if there's one book i can give you here that i think will have the most bang for book or change in your life or would you think that's context to the individual you
1: know what this is the thing i've read so many mind body books and self-help and, and books and everyone says oh this is the best one they're all the best one. If you follow what they say, you yeah, the book, yeah. You know? very true, very like true. Success principles and the one thing and the e- myth and all these books are very. Uh, there's a really good book called The Miracle Morning by Hal ha- Enrod about mm. getting up in the morning and getting your stuff done. Yes, we all know these things, you know. Mm. Um, one book that w- w- would really change things. I think uh, honestly the one thing the one thing was was, uh, was good for me It's
2: a good book, and, yeah.
1: and what it, it just gets people to focus on what they want you know what's the one thing that's going to get you where you want to go you know and Ender recently said to me he's a gas man he said uh, I, what, what, where do you want to be February 18th 2018 I said what where do you want to be February 18th 2018 uh, 18?" and they go I don't know well you're not going to get there if you don't know what you're going to do so plan yourself out and one thing that I constantly do, every week, I look back and say, what did I achieve this week? Did I get my study in? Did I get my training in? Did I engage myself with the staff? Did I engage myself with the other, other directors? Did, did the company move forward? What am I planning next week? So I constantly do reviews. And Enda says to me, when, when Oregon win a, a rugby game, you think they sit down and have a performance review? Yes, they do. When they, they, when they draw a game, do they sit down and have a performance review? Yes, they do. If they lose, do they review their performance? Of course. So constantly review yourself. Are you moving forward towards your goal? Are your clients moving forward towards your goal? And if they aren't, what, are you, what can you change? What can you do differently next week? But constantly assess yourself. Constantly ask your clients for feedback. Constantly ask your athletes, am I doing the best job possible? Look at yourself in the mirror. Say, am I studying? Am I training hard enough? Am I the best coach that I can be? and sometimes people say well no well what do you need to do to be the best coach contact the best coaches out there and try to get yourself at a higher level so the, the one thing really helped me to, to focus on some of those key components
0: great stuff, great stuff. And, and finally uh, any last parting words or, or, or a bit of wisdom for everyone listening have you got any uh, last words of advice that you you think you'd like to share with us what I
1: want to share with your listeners well one thing I would say is this isn't a like, This isn't my job. This is my passion. I absolutely love it. I love training people. love having the ability to help educate people and guide them with their lifestyle. But it it is definitely a position that people should take on board. And it's very powerful. So you're in a great job. Constantly work to be better. Constantly work to provide excellence for your clients. Mm. On the way up and on the way forward. Just try to help people out a bit more. Sometimes I see, maybe because I'm only in this job and not in other industries, sometimes I see people being a bit too... Angry, a bit too aggressive, a bit too, you know, maybe nasty on Facebook. Just, you know, take a deep breath, chill out, do the best job you can do. You know, be one of those people that someone says, you know what, he's a nice guy. I met him before. He's a good guy. Be, try to be as good of a guy as you can. All the people that you you come in contact with, help people when you can, because they'll help you on, on, the, on the flip side. Just. Just constantly realize that this is our industry. This is health, fitness, nutrition, strength and condition. It's a great job. It's a great field to be in. And we need more great people in it to, 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 to raise the standard.
0: Absolutely. Great stuff, on Finally, oh, if people listening wanted to get in touch with you or the ISI, how would they go about that? Uh,
1: probably the, the Facebook page is probably the easiest. It's uh, the Earth Strength Institute Facebook page. You can look at it there. Or on, on online is always, always dot com, and we're always open for people to drop by, do a training session, have a chat, whatever it is, anything we can do to help people out, we're more
0: than willing to. That's absolutely amazing. Owen oh, thanks, uh, thank you so much. Uh, just maybe uh, give me uh, thirty seconds offline while I wrap this up, and I'll say my goodbye to you offline. So uh, for everyone listening, that was a hour went by so fast, as they say, time goes flies by when you're having fun, and you know I originally only had Owen down for forty five minutes, and he's you know so kind to. Give us an extra 15, 60 minutes of his time. Um, a guy who's had a profound influence on me uh, in my career, and he probably doesn't even realize it, but as I said, he kind of uh, he sparked that flame for me as a young coach, and his passion is just so affectionate. And I think everyone can detect that across the interview. So, oh, I just want to appreciate or show my gratitude again and say I really appreciate your time. No problem,
1: I'll be happy to have any time.
0: Uh, So, guys, thanks for listening. Keep downloading the podcast. As I said, um, I'm going to be trying to work on getting the audio a little bit better. I know it's a bit crackly in my old little laptop here, but I'm going to work on getting a new mic and hopefully in the future get a new uh, website going too. So thanks for your support. Any suggestions on any sort of uh, editing stuff, let me know because I'm not the best at that. But uh, take care, guys. I'll talk to you soon and stay strong.